You're listening to Mapleview Community Church Podcast. It's, I thought, a fitting thought for what this picture reflects to us and over the years, what we know. Um, if you, just a rough estimate of those that died both civilian casualties and military casualties over just World War I and World War II, estimates would put it at around 76 million people. The destruction is crazy. Atrocities, terrible. I haven't spoke for quite a number of weeks, and I normally wouldn't share a joke on Remembrance Day, but I thought we need a little levity, a little laughter. a little. So I'm going to share one before I get into my message. This one, it's appropriate because it's football season. The big animals decided to challenge the little insects to a football game. As the first half went along, the big animals were crushing the insects, completely scoring at will. By the end of the half, the big animals had a huge lead, and it looked impossible for the insects to ever catch up. But then, the second half, and something amazing changed. The insects scored an incredible touchdown. The next time the big animals ran the ball up the middle, the elephant, bang, tackled for a five-yard loss, five loss. The little insects began to cheer and celebrate, go crazy. The big animals were perplexed when the little insects began to score touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. And by the end of the game, the little insects had won. You ask, what was the difference? It was the centipede and this incredible running. And where was he the first half? Tying up his shoes. <laughs> Some of us need to tie up our shoes today. Remembrance Day has always been important to me for whatever reason over the years. Maybe it was the stories my grandfather would tell as, uh, as I sat by his bedside. And he'd share, have all kinds of pictures of, from 1914 through 1918. The poppies, the poems, the flags, the films, documentaries, Places, the pictures, soldiers and sailors of the veterans of war. Most, most, and what's impacted me are the men and women I've met along life's journey. Uh, uh, Roy Shaw is 95 years old, used to attend here. He was on this beach, he was shot on this beach, and he was probably extracted and went back to England. He landed on one of the first waves in, on Juno Beach in June 6, 1944. He saw 26 of his Queen's own rifles. Uh, colleagues not make it off the beach. He used to come and we'd talk and share and there's quite some something in it. And I think of so many, art, others. And in a way, their stories and their testimonies over the years put into context for me in a unique way how I was to live my life as a soldier of Christ. Not identical because I'm not a military person. I'm not there to defend anything, but it gave me a picture of what a soldier of Christ was to be like. And so it led me to this November's wind and fire theme of spirit onward. Spirit onward. It's a spirit onward is a declaration to advance into God's highest and best purposes of your life. I want you to advance forward, move forward into the purposes that you've been designed to do. At whatever age you're at, it's never too late to move forward. Spirit onward is that declaration that 
God gave Israel's very first military general. I, I, I liken it to Joshua's order, a command. And if you're in the military, you know that an order and a command is not optional. You must do it. And so God gave Joshua a command when he took over from Moses. He said, this is my command. Listen to what his command is. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What a word to a soldier going into battle. What a word to us that is confronted with so many different challenges and struggles and barriers and obstacles in our life. That want to maybe lay low and we just want to hold back and hide and retreat. That's not the command. That's not the order that was given to Joshua. It's not the order that's given to you and I as a soldier of Christ. Not that's what Jesus did. In Jesus, you don't need to fear. There is no fear. I remember the old stickers, bumper stickers years ago. I don't see them much. Fear not or no fear. It's no time to fear. All that's going on in the globe, all around the world, all the protests and anger and bitterness and hatred rising up, all seems everywhere, every day, always, right now. We don't have to fear, but it's time to make a move. Church needs to make a move. We need to be seen and not just hidden in the background. We need to be caring and loving. There comes a time when it's no longer wise to remain in the place of comfort. And you can do that. But it might be challenging. There are moments when it's actually safer in the fire. That seems like a paradox, a contradictory state. Safe in the fire. Remember the three Hebrew children? Those teenagers, those young men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? They had to make some choices. They couldn't sit on the sidelines. They either had to bow down and worship a false idol, false god, or into the fire. They chose to go into the fire. They chose. They could have lived in comfort. They could have lived quietly. They chose the fire, and it was there where they met Jesus. Listen to the words of Nebuchadnezzar as he saw what was going on in the fire. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted. I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire, unharmed. And the fourth looks like a god. Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego met Jesus in a fire. See, the Christian faith has never been, or it never was supposed to be, a spectator sport. It wasn't something you just sit back in. If you want to be part of the triumphal progression, you're going to have to, like every good soldier, every good soldier has to face fears. There's fears about stepping out. There's fears about living for God these days. Three times in Joshua, the first chapter, God repeated, repeats to him, be strong, be bold, be courageous. Would you receive those words? Be strong, be bold, be courageous. Joshua, don't be fearful of making some moves, making some changes, stepping out. I'm with you. God's with us. He's not going to leave us nor forsake us. In fact, this month, if you look through your calendar, I'm trying to create a month full of opportunities for you to be bold, courageous, and make some moves. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to have some moments where, where I'm looking for people to be engaged in spiritual freedom, to make some changes. It's never too late to overcome strongholds of despair or discouragement or depression. It's never too late. You don't give up. Don't quit. Don't stop. There's battles to be won. There's, yes, tie up your shoes. Tie up your boots. Keep moving forward. 
But it's time to build some new faith. All of us, we need some fresh faith to go into the days ahead. There's some challenges. We, don't wanna, we just want to shrink back. We want to step up. Build some fresh hope in your life. Hope is a powerful thing. I have hope today. I, man, this past week, I've been calling those that are in Israel, my friends that are serving close to Ashkelon and bringing food and, and helping and encouraging. As They send me pictures of the bomb craters and what they're going through to get food there. And it's, it just makes me challenged to see all the things. I hear the news reports. I, you know, Ed's from Ukraine taking stuff to our Ukrainian friends, brothers and sisters in there and, and, and all those. Time to build some fresh hope. And I, I'm encouraged by them. They're, they're stepping up into the fire. They're moving. And they're bringing genuine comfort. We can be comfort bearers to those that are broken and hurting right now. And as the pastor of this church, I don't want anyone to be left behind in the dust. No, you, you don't leave people behind. I've heard it said, if you're not making dust, you're eating dust. <laughs> well, I don't want anyone eating dust here. We can only go as fast as the slowest person here. We don't go faster than that. Because we're part of this triumphal pro progress procession moving forward. In fact, the Bible talks about this triumphal procession as they're moving, as we're moving forward, as we're advancing. The fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere is, comes with us. We, we're to be a sweet-smelling aroma for those around us. In Jesus, you are on the winning side. Eating dust is not in your destiny. It's not in my destiny. You are the victor when Jesus leads you. Are you close enough? Are you hearing his word? Are you responding to him? Martin Luther said, where the battle rages, there the loyalty of the soldier is proved. It's not in the quiet times. It's not in the peace times. That the, it's in the, when the battle's raging. Things are raging around us right now. The nations are raging around us in ways that we haven't seen for many years. Not to this degree and not as close to our own home as this. But it has raged in other generations, hasn't it? Good soldier is willing to give his life to, for the cause. Cause that he believes is worth dying for. That's the essence of the soldier's life. One willing to put themselves at risk and even lay down his life for the sake of others. Are we willing to care for the others around us? Share with those around us? The Apostle Paul said, I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. That's a statement of a bold, courageous man serving God. I no longer. He was, of course he was alive, he was, but he knew that if God chose to take his life, that's fine. He knew that he was dead already. We're all terminal. We're all moving in that direction. I want Christ living in me as I go. Today is a moment of time that we remember those who did not get the chance to grow old, but, but prove their loyalty to both king and country. The they paid the ultimate sacrifice, giving up their future for you and I. As you walk through the doors, you'll see the cenotaph there of the crosses that Dave Dubay made for me a number of years ago, and each one of them has a name on it of those in the Barry area that passed away in the First World War, that gave their life. The, the names and the ages are so young. I used to think that they weren't young, but 27, 20, they're, they're young. Each of them are representative. Take a moment, look at some of the names. Remember, they paid the ultimate sacrifice for you and I. The truth is that no one here will likely be asked to lay down his life for our country. 
but yet you have a role to play in the kingdom of God. Will you play it? Will you be part of it? Just like Isaiah the prophet, when God sought for a man to serve him with all their heart in a hostile land. And there's, all, there's always been hostile lands. There's always been moments of craziness, wickedness, and evil. God calls and is looking for a man. And in my mind, I put tones to the words and thoughts as I read scripture at times. Isaiah 6, 8. Then I heard a voice of the Lord saying, and this is, in, in this case, I, I heard this empathetic voice. Just, just, it's me. It's not, whom shall I send? Almost a desperation, God says. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Isaiah said, here am I. Send me. Do you hear his voice? Is there somewhere that God is wanting to send you? Someplace, someone? See, God is seeking men and women to send, send out across our land, our city, our neighborhoods, not with weapons of this world. Those are weapons that are carnal, but we have weapons that tear down strongholds, love, mercy, grace, kindness, gentleness. Fruit of the Spirit are militant. Let the peace of God rule in your heart. I want God's peace ruling in my heart. The joy of the Lord is my strength. God has a strength in you. He's looking for more than just secret followers of Christ. He's looking for bold, courageous men and women who are both at the same time steel and velvet. That's an oxymoron, huh? Steel and velvet. But that's what, he, that's what God does. I want to be steel to the things against the works of darkness, but velvet, kind, and tender toward the people we meet, loving. Each of you in this place has been created in the image of God. You who have accepted Jesus have resurrection power in your life. The dunamis, dynamite, explosiveness of the Spirit dwells in you. You are a tender warrior. All of us that have Christ living are tender warriors. How about putting on your boots and tying them up? It's like the little centipede. Marching onward together toward what? What are we marching toward? Well, the Bible tells us the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. There's a prize to be won. There's an eternity to walk into. Every man for himself mentality is not a valuable attitude in the midst of battles and wars. So much about self-love. It's not about self-love. Don't buy into the self. Selflessness. Those who say you don't need a church to serve Jesus have never been in a battle, never been in a war. You need, we need one another. You need to care for one another. In war, you need one another. In the church, is, you need, we, need more, we need more one another more than ever. Because our church is not just a body. It's not just a family. It's not just a church. It's not just a bride. It's also a compassion army. Together, we're compassionate and we can move forward. Carrying the no price too high attitude everywhere you go is having a willingness to lay down your lives for your brothers and sisters in the Lord. And that means get over it. Don't be angry at everybody for mistreating you or the little things that you think ought to be done and didn't happen right. And, oh, I have the reasons. They have, you, we all have reasons to be angry and upset and bitter and, and tell somebody else what they need to be doing and all those things, and they didn't do it better. We all have those things, but, but let's not be those people. I've often heard it said that Christians are the only army in the world that shoots their wounded. It's just like, well, you blew it. Too late. I got to go on. Got to move. No, you stop. You pause. You, you become a brigade of good Samaritans. We're this good Samaritan brigade. 
bandaging the wounded, the broken, the hurting, lifting up one another's burdens. That's what we're supposed to do. Bear one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ. That's what the Bible says. Not pass by, not bring judgment, not condemn, not tell them what every, everything that they're doing wrong. And this is the real work of the Christian soldier. That's why it's so hard because everything in us wants to oppose those things. We just want self. We want our own voices to be heard. And it does not come easily. Yet to understand the cause is to realize that our debt to God is payable to man and every woman from every tribe and every tongue. We care about all people equally. Everybody. Again, behind me is the picture of the Juneau Beach. June 6, 1944. It's where the Canadians stormed the beaches of Normandy during World War II, facing heavy, heavy enemy fire. But their determination and courage, they got off that beach. They pressed forward. Determination and courage played a vital role in bringing freedom to the captives living under a demonic you don't know, if you, if you don't ever want to use the word demonic out of context, it was a demonic dictator. Can we remember for a moment what these soldiers did for king and country? And now can we even at all equate it with the, what we're willing to do? Are we willing to leave the comfort and the safety and go into all the world with the good news of Jesus? That's, that's what they did. So many did. So many are doing still. C.S. Lewis said in his book, The Weight of Glory, a soldier's life is one of uncertainty, a life that threatens sickness and pain and death, a life of adversity like poverty and poor living conditions, of extreme heat or utter cold, of intense thirst and absolute hunger. They put themselves in those positions potentially. Uncertain like prisoners, facing humiliation and injustice, and the most brutal of all tortures known, separation from all whom you love. That was the life of Jesus. That's the life that Jesus was calling his disciples to. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, follow me. Are our lives reflecting anything close to that? To this picture behind us? What C.S. Lewis was saying, like those who have worn the uniform for their country, there's a cost to being in the Lord's army into the fiery furnace. All those soldiers, again in the picture, had been prepared and trained ahead of time to go into the fire. They weren't there by accident. They were trained. Their armor finely tuned, their boots and their by the, at their bedside, polished and ready for the fight coming. Ours is a spiritual fight. Ours is not a physical fight. Soldiers of the cross, are you ready for what is to come? We don't know what hold what days hold in front of us. We don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. This is what the Bible says in Ephesians. It says, finally be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. See, you may not totally understand this, but you're all soldiers of the cross. Not one of you are a spectator. You need to be ready. Spirit onward. It's time to fine-tune our armor, put our boots on. 
Jesus says, as in the days of Noah, so shall be for the coming of the Son of Man. Important words. Matthew says that. What was happening in the days of Noah? What was happening? Well, the Bible tells us. goes back to Genesis chapter 6. It says this. Verse 11. Now the earth was corrupt in God's sight and was full of violence. You're not going to believe what the word, the Hebrew word for violence is. The Hebrew word for violence. I couldn't believe it myself, so I looked it up. It's true. The Hebrew word for violence is Hamas. The Bible spoke of this very day that we're living in 6,000 years ago. The days of Noah are literally happening around us. The days of Hamas. There's a multitude of people angry all over the world right now. Like I've never experienced it. I know I, I was young when the Vietnam War was going on. I didn't understand it. Hatred has been around. Generations of wickedness. But it's rising up again. All over the world. No more than what you're witnessing right now in the Middle East. And the tender soldiers of compassion. The compassion army of the Lord. What, how does My heart breaks for all of the innocent men and women and children across the globe who are facing the horrors of war. All in Ethiopia, Somalia, Yemen, Bangladesh, Middle East, Ukraine, Russia. I'm in anguish over all the Israelis taken hostage by Hamas terrorists. Six-month-old child, the 80-year-old grandma and grandpas. And I can't imagine the pain and terror of the children trapped in Gaza. Those little children. Of those of our brothers and sisters suffering in Ukraine, in Russia, across the world. We're in a dark time. It's always been dark. What can you do but pray for the mercy of God to be poured out on the suffering? Praying that often as I walk in the mornings. And ask God how best I can serve him knowing that our debt to God is payable to man. It's beautiful, the freedom that we enjoy, like nowhere else. We get the freedom that they brought allows us to elect our mayor. He's here. Alex is somewhere here today. God bless you, Alex. We need to pray for him. Come to the mayor's prayer breakfast on Wednesday. We get to elect our MPs and our prime ministers and premiers. We're not, no one's a perfect, but we have this freedom to do. We get to choose where we want to live. And we get, here's something that you're not going to hear any, many people, we get to pay taxes. There's some places they don't get to pay taxes and they don't have the freedoms that we have. We get to choose where we want to go. We have a lot to be thankful for. According to New York Times, October 29th, thank you, Neil, for sending me this article, last year's worldwide military spending on weapons and personnel and other costs connected to the military. One year, $2.2 trillion. Now, I've been wrestling this number for a week. <laughs> War is big business. War is huge business. F-16 fighter jets. 
tanks, missiles, bombs, munitions, bullets. Huge bit. There's no, there's no money in peace. Imagine if we spent $2 trillion on peace. Imagine if we went about and put as much effort into the bravery and the heroic things that soldiers are doing in battle to one another, to people that aren't look like us and don't think like but we cared for. $2.2 trillion. Just think of the, what could happen with affordable housing and homes. and $2.2 trillion. You think there's, man is messed up? You think we've evolved into something better? That's not true. The world is a dangerous place right now in the time, this time, and there's not much you can do about it except love more. You can do something about it. Individual, love more. Be angry less. Smile and laugh a little with your family. Don't take everything so seriously. Enjoy your friends and neighbors. Got to give a shout out to Bob. We have grass wars. He's my neighbor. He's somewhere here in the place. His grass always looks better than mine. I Don't worry. My dandelions will take over again. The nations are raging. That's what Psalm 2 says. David writes... Why do the nations rage? I don't know. In the midst of this, you read through the psalm, and David has this conclusion. You read through it, he says, it's futile. It's pointless. Because God is on his throne. They're not going to get their way. God is on his throne. Why do the nations rage? I don't know, but God is on his throne. I know that. And as long as he's on his throne, I can face tomorrow. Jesus died to give you life and the choice to enter the kingdom where there will be no more wars, no more tears. So what are our marching orders this morning? I think I take it right out of John chapter 14. Let not your hearts be troubled. I'm going to go forward not having my hearts troubled. For I've gone to prepare a place for you. So Jesus says that's, that's our marching order. Don't let your hearts be troubled during this time. Don't let darkness get the better of you. So what do we do? Well, follow the manual. And what does the manual say? It says, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. I'm going to keep running the race. I'm going to keep fixing my eyes on Jesus. You know, we try to walk most days, Jody and I, and somewhere inevitably on our walk, we say, are you looking up? And inevitably, we're not looking up. It's so easy to look just down. Fixing your eyes on Jesus. Look up. Look up. And lastly, trusting that with your last breath and my last breath on earth, you will be able to say these three things that I think every good soldier of the cross will want to say in their, in their dying moments. In my dying moments, when that day comes, I want to be able to say these three things. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept Aren't those three great things to say? I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. That's the soldier of the cross's final statement. Let's close in a word of prayer. So Lord, we thank you this morning. We commemorate all those that have gone before us and served our country valiantly. We thank you for those that paid the ultimate cost that we might have freedom, we knowing that freedom is not free. We thank you for all those that returned, battling different thoughts and worries and concerns, fears. 
post-traumatic stress. Lord, the things that we don't often see in people's lives. We thank you for all of those. And Lord, I thank you for those you've called out of darkness into your marvelous light, the kingdom of God, that we might raise up and become the tender warriors, the velvet men and women, both steel and velvet, that would be able to love irresistibly with compassion and yet stand strong against the works of darkness. Lord, whatever may come in the days ahead, we will not let our hearts be troubled. We will know that the king is on his throne and we win in the end. Lord, thank you. I thank you, Lord, for this congregation of people in this place today. Thank you for their lives and for their families. I pray blessing upon them. Pray that they, each and every one of them, would find their way into heaven's glory. In Jesus' precious name. And everybody would say, everybody would say, you're listening to Maple View Community Church Podcast. 